Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. It's the first listener forum. I'm your host, Richard Reddy, but my friends call me Spanners. So let's be friends. Welcome to our first ever forum of listeners from a range of fan bases. These seven brave listeners are each representing a different fan base, and I am going to attack their team and put their fandom on trial. And then I will explore what makes each of them a fan of that team. Then I'm going to pit them against each other on a range of topics. And then finally, I'm going to test their knowledge with a brutal elimination round quiz, and the survivors will then play a game of closest two. Now, it's more than a call-in, but it's less than making them all learn podcasting. So I have set some interacting, uh, interactive rules to minimise the chaos and to keep the flow going. And unlike the main show, I will be doing a full edit to save them if required. Unlike the panel, who I don't edit, no matter how bad their pub analogies are or how inappropriate and Danish they are. So we have representatives from McLaren, Aston Martin, Haas, Ferrari, Williams, Red Bull and Sauber's fan bases. I'm really sorry, I, I couldn't find a single Alpine fan. The Mercedes fan that was meant to turn up crashed into himself and couldn't make it. And I consider Alpha Tauri to be Red Bull B, more or less. OK, so I will remind you, we're an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed. With the kind permission of our better halves, we aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. But if we're wrong this time, it's the listener's fault. 
Yeah, remember they're also representing everybody listening. So I've been really excited about doing this. I, I love having the patron call-ins when we do it, and we're definitely going to expand that. But to be clear, if it's rubbish, it's not my fault. When people forget to unmute, when they armour everywhere, and when they say factually incorrect things, that's their fault. I would never do that. I thoroughly research. I don't just say whatever's on my mind and then wait for a kindly old American to correct me. All right, let's head straight into battle. We have with us, joining us, let's see, let's, who's our first victim? I mean, our first volunteer. Okay, we have, we have in the shed a Finn from Finland. We have Tero joining us. Hello, Tero. Hello, hello. And uh, joining you from Uvascular Finland, you refused to try to pronounce that name of the location. No, I didn't. I got it. A little bit offended. I, I actually, I, I got it exactly right. So it was pseudovascular Finland. We're fine. Yes, roughly around the edges. The the home of of the best ever ski jumper uh, in in the history of the uh, sports. Go Google, and then also the home of the Finnish rally. Uh, championship, ah. well, World Rally Championship uh, run that that the Rally Finland. Okay, so, so you like you like so, a bit of rally. You like cars skidding wildly out of control. So it's fitting then that you are representing Ferrari. Yeah, and that's to be blamed. I'm I'm blaming Mika Salo for that. Uh, the 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 you have to always go for the underdog. Uh, <laughs> have been rooting for Salo, and uh, that that's then the 1999. That that's when the, the Ferrari connection happened, and and uh, I ended up with with my like paper thin uh, fandom of of Ferrari. Yeah. If you're gonna support uh, the underdog, nothing screams underdog like the most successful F1 team in history with unprecedented Absolutely. Absolutely. funding and prize money from the FIA. I put it to you that Ferrari is the most overrated team in Formula One, has done the least with the resources available to it and is leaning on the history of titles back when they were racing around hay bales. What say you, Tero? You wouldn't be completely wrong with those. <laughs> That's not a good defence. Then you're forgetting, you're forgetting that, that uh, if if we would drop, actually, Ferrari from the early history of the sports, would it be actually that that we would have the sport as it is now probably not so that's my take on this one okay okay and uh, okay thank you for bravely stepping forward and supporting ferrari we appreciate that i think we're going to come a bit closer to home now and we are joined representing mclaren we've got julie joining us hello julie sorry to surprise you there joining us from the uk hey there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, from Cheshire. Um, that's where I live at the moment, quite near Alton Park, which is a racing circuit in the UK. Um, originally from the back and beyond in West Cumbria, uh, right. quite near where the rally, uh, Malcolm Wilson rally cars are built and made and engineered. So a bit of a motorsport heritage. So can I just translate that to anyone not listening? She is from, from the north. <laughs> She's from beyond the wall. And you are Almost. you are representing McLaren yes. for us today. Why why are you attracted to the papaya rocket ships? Uh, obviously, it's the colour because I'm a girl, so Oof, we okay. orientate everything around colours, don't we? But no, not at all. Um, 
they've been going for a lot longer than I have. And I'm so impressed that given they have had a, re- a what, two podiums in the last 13 years or 12 years, something like that, they still have won 20% of all the races that they've entered. They're a bit of a sleeping giant and I think they're about to reawaken. I mean, they've had a really long slumber. That's a slumbering, probably yep. under anaesthetic giant. So uh, once yep. Lewis Hamilton stopped carrying the team and they started going backwards, it was actually it was around 2013, wasn't it, where they suddenly started stopping yeah. um, getting into Q3 and you suddenly go, is this a bit of a, this is a blip. Yeah, of course it's a blip. It's a blip. And then yeah. they don't do well in the Mercedes engineering hybrids. They get the Honda and it's a disaster. And even at the start of this season, you think, oh, my goodness, they've blown it again. Yep, absolutely. Although they've made a phenomenal comeback so far this year. Okay, now here's my attack. And this I blame is... yeah, I blame Perez and Magnussen <laughs> for... <laughs> you know, for the for the failures at the, in the teens oh, of this no. year. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, right. Okay, well, that's set us off on a very bad foot. I think Perez fans have suffered enough, and uh, I, don't, I don't think we needed that, that straight kicking. But as I'm doing with everybody, all right, I'm going to attack your team now. Okay, I'm going to attack your team. Um, the McLaren fan base is all getting their hopes up for 2024. You're all deluded. It's just because you brought your B-spec in, and you're now basically fighting bums because everybody else is concentrating on updates for next season and you're celebrating thinking you're the second best car. Ooh, you might have a point there. Oh no, guys, but... you've got to argue <laughs> back. That's the game. <laughs> what gives you most hope for 2024? Uh, Oscar Piastri, <sighs> to be fair. Bit of a phenomenon so far. Last couple of races. I think right. kind of that's he he might be the ace up our sleeve. Okay, and good. And let's hope that's definitely not a Rosberg Hamilton style disaster uh, that, that's that's cooking for you next season. Okay, thank you for coming yeah. in representing McLaren. Up next we have Mike, who is a magician from Wokingham. Hello, Mike. Hello, Spanners. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. You can even move your microphone away because you've got such a, a, a strong voice. Powerful voice. Yeah, for talking yep, well, to audiences. So you're a real magician. You're a real-life magician. Yeah, but who cares about that? Let's go on to Alfa Romeo. No, I, I've the got great, more. No, the, great... the, the rest of the questions will be magician-based. So I'm going to ask you three oh. things, and you tell me whether they're real magic or just some sort of weird trick. Okay? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So sewing, sawing a lady in half, real magic where you dismember a person and then put them back together or some kind of illusion illusion that one's an illusion okay uh where you make a rabbit magically appear from a hat is that is that real magic or or was the rabbit there all along uh i can't the oh, magic you can't say. Would throw me out if i but it's, it it's some kind of trick it's not like supernatural okay no uh, and last no. one last one team principles making out that pay drivers are genuinely there for skill and it's just a coincidence that there's money is that is that real magic or an illusion that that's that's just fact. It's just fact. There can be no they argument just happen about it. You'll to hate be, pay drivers. They just happen to be rich. They just happen to be rich. Um, okay, so Alfa Romeo, and you are staunchly determined that you're not referring to Sauber. Oh, I don't even know who Sauber are. No, Alfa Romeo, <laughs> fantastic team, great history, all the way back to 1950. Um, I'm sure you know as a Formula One expert that the very first official um, Formula One yeah, World know. Championship race was yeah, held at yeah, Silverstone yeah. in 1950. It was yeah. won by Alfa Romeo. They also came second and third and won the championship that year. Yeah, you don't have to and tell they me. They also won the that. championship in 1951. 
Yeah. When Fangio, Fangio was driving for them, the the goat Fangio, he's driven for Alfa Romeo. <sighs> I have this and... argument all the time, Mike. We like, do you really think Fangio was the the goat? We plonk we plonk Fangio if we could get him into a modern Alfa Romeo, would he be up there? Yes. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> uh, well, well if if you put one of the modern drivers in Fangio's car, they'd they all would. go, oh, there's no halo. Oh, I might get hurt. Oh. You know, they wouldn't dare drive it. But he got in one of theirs. He would just uh, he'd pin he'd it. Brilliant. Anyway, he'd it's not all it. about Fangio. He no. just, don't forget um, Luigi Fagioli, another very yeah. famous. I was talking Alfa about Romeo him today. Yeah. Um, um, he drove um, He drove for uh, Alfa Romeo uh, in 1951. 51, yeah, and 51, he is yeah. the, the oldest. Formula One driver of all time. He won a Grand Prix at the age of 53. <laughs> Which I think completely backs up your point that the drivers from that <laughs> era could just waltz in and win in the modern F1. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's 53-year-olds queuing up to enter Formula but, One. But it's not the one the 1950s. I mean, look at the Qatar Grand Prix a few days ago. Um, only three teams managed to get two drivers in the points, and that was Red Bull, who obviously cheated, yep. and uh, McLaren and... Uh, you know, you know what McLaren's like. I mean, Julie just slagged them off basically and said she doesn't really like them anymore. It was a weak defence. She was just like, "Yeah, you're it right." Was was nothing. Yeah, um, but uh, Alfa Romeo they were eighth and ninth, um, double point scoring. I mean, everyone everyone goes about how great Liam Lawson is, but bloody hell, I mean, Alfa Romeo were thrashing. All Alfa right, Tower, all right, yeah. all right. Here we go then. <clears throat> here we go. Here's my here's my attack. Here's my attack. Okay, they are yeah. they are not even. A, a real team. It's a paper thin sponsorship of the Sauber outfit, and they're doomed, Mike. They're gone. They're no longer for F1. They're out the door. You are defending a shadow. Um, well, you could say that, but you've missed one very important oh, point. Oh, yeah. What's that? Um, do you remember Silverstone last year? Of course. Zhou Guan Yu at the start, amazing crash upside down across the gravel, car flew in the air, came down between the tyre barrier and uh, the, the catch fencing, and um, I know we don't like to talk about it, but everyone loves a crash, don't they? A, a crash when the driver's yeah. not hurt, but it's spectacular. And there have been very few good crashes recently. Alfa Romeo provided the one good crash we've had in the last two or three years and <laughs> okay. i think they should be rewarded for that i uh, think that was that was fantastic can, no no one's condoning that but it is Anybody true fireball anymore yeah well look this is it i mean as much as i i i, I yeah tero what are you saying there yeah anybody remember that fireball anymore the grosjean that, that wasn't provided by alfa romeo so Oh, yeah, that's a good nice. point. Yeah, that was a much better crash. And as much as I try to explain the safety side and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff to my boy, whenever there's a crash, he does kind of perk his attention up. And even my wife runs in to watch a crash. So there are people out there who want to watch a crash, um, but thankfully the crashes are much safer now. But did did you know that um, Alfa Romeo made the most successful Formula One car of all time? That's not true. It is true. Um, the Brabham... Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. Brabham B46B, the um, the fan car. Yeah. It only did one Grand Prix, and it won that Grand Prix, and it never raced again because it won so easily, and it was banned and removed from racing. <laughs> and that car, the engine in it was an Alfa Romeo. It had a 100% success record. It did one Grand Prix. It won that Grand Prix. No other car ever made before or after will ever beat that record. So Alfa Romeo helped make the most successful Formula 1 car of all time. 
I'm, I think Mike has done research on his team, and that is not in the spirit of this listener forum. So minus two points. I don't know what the point system is yet, but we'll we'll get there. We'll 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 get there. Um, okay, let's go across to America Land. We have got Rolando, who is who is shilling for Haas for us today. Is it like be honest? Is it just because you're in America and you feel like I'd best defend the Americans? Uh, I mean, yeah, America number one. I mean, I got the listeners can't hear it, but I got my uh, uh, Air Force One hat for okay. this event. Right, as close as I get to Haas, and uh, I mean, how could you not root for Haas? You just never know if they're going to finish a race. That's the fun of rooting for Haas, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's like just a a real low standard, and if you get anything, it's massively rewarding. Yeah, exactly. I think you guys talked about it in one of the last two pods, right? If you're mid and you do well, uh, you you're a hero. If you don't, then nobody listens. But if you're back of the grid. Nobody cares. Yeah. So if you do something great, then you're the next champion, right? If you yeah. crash, then you go, oh, yeah, I got my winnings. Yeah, and that's, the bets that I made. that's why I'm glad that my children aren't particularly talented or intelligent because, like, they, they get a B and it's, woohoo, we are going for cake. <laughs> We're going for cake and tacos. The kid's got a B. Hasn't happened for a while, though, I'll be honest. Um, Haas, oh. though, come on. What What is it that – can you really get excited on an F1 weekend and go – Man, I'm, I hope that Haas deliver this week. Uh, yes and no, right? So you get the little odd ones where, like, we had the sprint race where luck worked out for Mag, and he he, he won that pole, I think, and he started from pole. Uh, I don't remember where he finished, but it wasn't too. It bad. wasn't pole, uh, Rolando. It wasn't. It wasn't. It what? He didn't finish in the, in pole position. He started, but he didn't like. Started, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Started in pole. I was disappointed um, actually because Magnuson said, "I'm gonna kick my elbows out. I'm gonna put spikes on my wheels, and I'm gonna hit people with a baseball bat." But in the end, he was quite sensible when he decided not to lose as little time as possible. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I was disappointed. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I forgot the the original question as far as am I, am, am I defending? No, no. So now I'm going to attack. I'm going to attack you. Okay. okay, here we go. Here we go. And please, like, don't don't go. No, it's a good point. They suck because that's that's not how this works. Okay, here we go. Haas had help from Ferrari. They had pretty much Ferrari people go in there, rip the Ferrari badge off, put the Haas badge on, and then go away again. They had resources. They came in with a the fanfare. They're representing the American fan base. It's hard to say that anything since what 2016. It's hard to say. It has been anything other than a disappointment. They have completely failed to join the midfield. I, I would argue that that's just uh, a keen American economics. Right. Uh, why develop, you know, uh, something that's already been made? You could just hire out the talent that exists in Europe. And, and you know, you got for, I think they designed out of uh, some, some group out of Italy, right? Not just Ferrari for the engine, but for the chassis. So, uh, you oh, sorry, sorry. What line. did you say? The, the what? The the chassis. Yeah. Okay. Is that how yeah. Americans say it? The yeah, ch- chassis, chassis in Spanish. Okay. Okay. I don't uh, know how you guys say it. chassis? The chassis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah, fine. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, but see, that's how we say it in Oklahoma. Has came in with what I've always wanted in F one teams. Really, is is come start with a customer team. So I I'd love teams to be able to come in and like buy nearly a complete car from like two years ago. Go racing, get used to the paddock, and then develop. Right. 
Right. Well, and, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the background for uh, or the desire to start this thing for Gunther was, but if you have nothing to start with and all you have is, is the, the skeleton that you want at an auction for the previous team, I mean, you know, what, what better way to start? You, you want to bring in some ideally new talent, which we saw, what, two years ago, which didn't quite work out. But, um, you know, you, I don't know if it's a good thing, but it's a good place for some of the more favorite drivers that have nowhere else to go to go. So, uh, yeah, career graveyard. OK, that's not a good defense either. OK, this is great <laughs> fun. I get to be all mean and I can pretend that I'm just doing it for for the show. So in that case, let's go to Aston Martin next. So defending us from defending Aston Martin from Canada, we've got Scott joining us. Hello, Scott. Whereabouts in Canada? Hi, Spanners. I'm in southern Ontario, where about a third of all Canadians live. Right. In about a... And, uh, yeah, it's about a... 500 kilometer length, probably smaller than Great Britain and about all third Canadians live there, even though Canada is <laughs> the size of the second biggest country in the world. You all huddle for warmth in one little corner. So, Scott, you in our, in our patron forum, you're the Lance Stroll fan, as well as being an Aston Martin fan. And um, in, you know, uh, probably hundreds of interactions, because we have loads of interactions in our patron forum. You've agreed with me one time, and I think it might have been about what day it was. But apart from that... Yo, I like arguing with you because I find myself on the opposite side of every view you have, especially Lance Stroll. So, so what I'll say is that in the patron forum, when I speak up, it's usually because I disagree with things. So <laughs> yes, I just imply yeah, it yeah, when yeah. I agree with everything. Yeah, if you agree, so that's, that's you don't why need to I seem say very anything. disagreeable yeah. there. Yeah, if you agree, you don't need to pipe up with "I agree." I just, like, I'm like that as well. I just wait till I'm outraged and then I start tweeting. Um, okay, why do you like Aston Martin? I've always liked their driver spanners, and this this is even before Lance Stroll. It's the I got I'm a big Sergio Perez guy. I was for a while. Espen Ocon, oh, I'm a big fan okay. of him now. Oh, um, boo! Sebastian Vettel, a big Sebastian boo. Vettel guy. I, I like Fernando. Maybe he's not as much as other people. I said, but I, I like Fernando, and and I dislike him. So I, I'm definitely an Alonso fan. But like, if something goes wrong for him, I find myself going ah. <laughs> I don't know why. I like him, and I and I yeah. understand that liking him is wrong. Yes, I'm sort of in the sort of yeah. the same boat. Uh, but basically, Aston Martin for me has just been on a remarkable string of picking up drivers that I like. So I'm going to continue to support them until they stop doing that. Okay, okay. So of course the charge is that Aston Martin are there as a skeleton, a sham of a team. They're purely for the benefit of the owner's son. And I would guess, and people would argue that if Lance Stroll walks away, Lawrence Stroll will pay lip service to it, but also walk away and that's no real way for a f1 team to go go about their business so that would be an understandable opinion maybe when Lan- lauren stroll bought the team back in 2018 but what's happened since that is f1 has started really making money mm. and the teams have started really making money so even if lance stroll walks away from this it's still a very good visit business venture for lauren stroll and he's not going to walk away. He's point. still upgrading the facilities. I think he's with the team for good now until it becomes a bad business venture because he's still a businessman at heart. What if it's like, oh, it's making money now. We can uh, we can ditch Lance. But he he did say he do, they do seem to be setting him targets and he seems to be not hitting them. And that might be the cause of genuine frustration now. He's been really bad the second half of this year. Even as a Lance Stroll fan, I can't I can't defend how bad he's been the second half of this year. It's been quite bad. It's Scott, been Scott, far worse we're talking than to a, a Paris before. fan as well, so like we we're we're the same. We're the same brother. I feel, we feel it. We feel it. 
That's actually a decent defence of uh, Aston Martin. Not bad at all, Scott. Who, who have we got um, left introduced? OK, so two more gladiators. And then as we move into the next phase, it will be much more um, getting everybody to, to yell at each other and have an argument. OK, we have to go to Pete now because Pete is holding a cat. And a cat on my stream in the shed is always welcome. Pete, uh, you are joining us from uh, America. Uh, yes, America land, uh, North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina, and you, now you have to tell us all about the cat. In fact, the rest of the segment is <laughs> is, is cat-related. Uh, yeah, so we have a farm, and <sighs> we found... So I had my tractor on the back of my truck. So, you know, it's like a 30-foot-long situation. Yeah. And we... I saw this tiny little black thing in the middle of the road, and uh to rescue it was the cat and um it was a day old still had the umbilical cord on we bottle fed her and uh it was uh it was quite an experience i've I've bottle fed cows before but never a cat wait a minute right i'm not falling for this right because scott is here to defend the new death star which is red bull and as we know (laughs) everything red bull does is is awful and and the cheat and the spend too much money and and who do they send who do they send as their agent of doom they send they send uh pete with his cat that he rescued from the ground i'm not buying it i'm not buying it for a second pete but tell me why are you a red bull fan so a couple reasons um i, I would say the reason that i became a red bull fan the, the reason i got into formula one was um a friend of mine um is involved with some of red bull's other adventure sport type things and um he started inviting me to like red bull kind of big functions and whatnot we had some of them come to some of our fundraisers uh they were all like a blast to hang out with and i started watching formula one around seb and seb is just the greatest driver a second greatest driver after after schumacher um oh, this that's, is going uh, that's downhill ever fast. driven and so so you yes. know i just fell in love with red bull Oh my goodness! So, so I invite you on, and we're talking about cats, and I'm liking your cat. And then the next thing you say is Vettel's the greatest of all time behind Michael Schumacher. Does it ever drive you mad how quickly the night can change? My goodness, my goodness! All right, so I will put this to you then, Pete. They are ruthless, which is actually something I really admire about them. Even I like though that I, too. I see them as I see them definitely see them as as the Death Star now, and and the current Death Star, and as sporting rivals, but. I think it's fair to say they do come across very, very savage against their opponents, sometimes to the point where you go, oh, that's making everything seem a bit mean. They definitely cheat out loud. They, oh, they love a good cheat. They're going for the cheat. They're like Italian forwards looking to get fouled in the box. And uh, they have benefited from spending too much money on cake. Okay. Three things. Okay. One, maybe three. I said three because that's what you should always do. But yeah. Um, one. They don't cheat. And I think that the perfect example of this is two races ago where they, uh, with that Sergio Perez charade, Mm. the greatest move. I love that move. How ridiculous that was and how brilliant that was, right? They find these little details and then they exploit the detail. Explain the incident for us quickly. I'm sorry? Explain quickly what happened. Oh, they, um, uh, so... Sergio uh, gained a penalty and was retiring the car. And so instead of uh, take the penalty on the grid in the next race, they fixed the car and sent him out five laps behind 
and uh, served the penalty then. Right. And and that sort of innovative nonsense. Innovative. Sorry, when you, sorry, I, I was confused because when you said, oh, the thing that they did that was, you know, uh, pushing the boundaries of, of cheating, I didn't know whether you meant that, the blocking three people during qualifying, the rebuilding of a, a chassis at the last Grand Prix uh, that you're not allowed to do, the constant Verstappen manoeuvres. You cannot deny there is a perception from the outside that they kind of have the stewards room in their pocket. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I'm sure that there is that perception. And I think that all of those people are very wrong. Um, it, they're entitled to be wrong, you know, um, but uh, but they are wrong. And uh, it, it's the same thing when when Mercedes was dominant. You know, Mercedes got so many favorable, um, you, you know, things that go for them. And you notice them because they're dominant, right? So you don't care if a f- favorable call is made to Haas. I'm sorry, uh, Haas fan. Um, but uh, you but you don't, you don't. You don't care about good point. that because they're sort of irrelevant. But when Oof. it's the dominant, when it's the juggernaut, then everybody gets really mad about it. Everybody's paying attention to it. So I don't think that they're getting more favorable calls. I just think that people people are paying attention. Rolando, if you want to yell at him for that, that's you know that's that's fine. We're getting more interactive here as we get into the show. No one cares if Haas cheat. So why don't they cheat more? <laughs> Well, it's because, like I said, like you said, they, they pay attention to Red Bull. Maybe they do cheat. We don't know because the, the BBC won't give us the airtime. Oh, that's, that's the, the one. They're, they're keeping, they're suppressing you. The man is suppressing you. And maybe, or, right. or they try their best to cheat, but they're just not as good at it as uh, as Red Bull. They they, yeah. they don't have the, uh, the extra income to have people sit there and read through every single line of the rules <laughs> so that they can cheat later in the season. I have to say, they though, Gene was, Gene was pretty good at cheating. Though. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's allegedly there's, there's going to be a lot of beeps. There's going to be a lot of, uh, alleged, of beeps. Alleged. Okay. Okay. And um, the last gladiator we have here is actually for one of my favorite teams, and uh, it is Stuart joining us from a, a cruise liner in parts unknown. No, 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 in the middle of lovely Tunbridge Wells, where Jota, the endurance team are based near Brands Hatch, which was another location of a wonderful victory for Williams. <laughs> the, the days of Red Five. Okay, and so you're repre- you're representing Williams, which is probably my favourite team of all time as maybe well. Maybe the best for last, right? Okay, so Stuart, I've met you several times now because you've come to all, 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 you know a lot of our karting events, and you're you're a little bit like our medical car because you just follow us around from from the back and just make sure everyone's okay. I'm thoughtful like that, right? You know, and... it's, it's the strongest. It's the strongest position. Just keeping everyone up. I'm yeah, just everyone up. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, is it true that you control all shipping in the world? No, sure. I control everything in the world. Uh, I was going to say that's what someone who controlled all F1 shipping would say. They would uh, sorry, all shipping. They would deny it. All the evil ones do. So Williams, as if yes. I need you to explain, why do you love the best team that's ever been in F1? Well, it's a bit like supporting England or, you know, the England football team or just being patriotic. You know, it's it's 30 <laughs> years of hurt because it's been a while. Um, but they're just, they represent the fundamental values of Formula One. They are the garagistas. They are the ones that have lasted out against that big bad Death Star of Ferrari. They have the the history, the, the wins, you know, they had Red Five. They had 
The real Hill. red five. The real red five. Real red five. Not, exactly. not Vettel. Aston, oh, the, these people saying Vettel's the best, but no, the and real they, red five. Gone. Sorry. They, back. they had Hill, you know, beating Schumacher twice. And and we and lest we forget 2012 Spanish Grand Prix, Maldonado, Maldonado on the top step. How did that and feel? Any, any <laughs> team that can do that, that's to me brilliant. So as a Williams also, fan, also as a Finn, uh, the cat avoid mentioning that that they had Keke Rosberg. So yes, they did. Yes, and and the the magnificent pole lap uh, in 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 Silverstone quali back in the day when they went for this championship show. Mm. But they you know they they had Rosberg who who then begot his son who you know <laughs> and and even though he was given the opportunity in in a Williams to get into Formula 1, you know, that's nothing like your father helping you out. Um and yeah, Alan Jones, let's get the whole world in there. Uh, mm. But they're just because they're <laughs> look, we have the goat, Latifi, right? Oh, you know, it, it it's 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 Britain. It's Formula One being charitable to the rest of the world and still winning. So That's what I, I get so many messages where they go, "Oh, Brit, Brit bias, Brit, Brit." We get so so much like crap just for being like in Britain. And then here's you going, "I support Williams because they're British." I can't help being British. Britain. So yeah, look, a lot of countries are like that. Like we are, America gets a lot of, of flack for being like America, but we are a little bit like Britain. It's a good sporting yeah. default, and uh, and Williams has certainly given us a lot to be proud of. But deep breath, and this is hurting me as much as it's hurting you. <laughs> Williams are from a different era of Formula One. They never adapted their garageista model and sorted the finances in order to keep up with the juggernauts works teams in modern Formula One. James Vowles has gone in there and said everything is like it was 20 years ago. Uh, it's it's a massive shame what has happened to Williams. The, the legacy has been allowed to dribble and bleed away on the altar of ultimately surviving and getting money in. Can I can I remind you that Sir Rockin and Stroll was their driver lineup at one point? And I say Oh God, please know that I don't mean this. They lack the resources or mentality to ever return to the top. Well you're wrong, basically. They Phew. have principles. They didn't sell out to the Bahraini um uh, pension fund or royal family or whatever like McLaren did. They they remained um, true to themselves, even though part of it's American money um, it, under Doralton. Um, they had to take money from other drivers just because we're we're charitable. We're it's it's our care in the community operation. It's soft power. It's what Britain does best, right? Used to do, um, and. They represent what is best in Formula One. Oh, dear. Uh, emails to Stuart at, <laughs> at ships.com. Okay, guys, that is that was actually a lot of fun talking to you guys. But what we're going to do now is I'm going to set some questions. I'll put them to one of our, our listener expert fans here. Look, I called you experts. Um, don't worry, I'm not either. So I'll, pu- I'll put something to one of you. But if anybody has uh, something to come in at, to, to argue with them, to tell them why they're wrong... Go, yeah, armchair experts. Chuck it into the chat here in our in our uh, video call, and I'll bring you in to then yell at each other. Okay, let's go. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, I'm going to ask our team, our, our fans here, what constitutes success in general and for 2024 like rolando said like i think you i think you said it best actually to be fair rolando our haas person you basically said the bar is so low for haas that anything good happening at all is is enough to get an endorphin hit but let's be truly honest here for next season what what truly constitutes success for haas I think if we could finish, if Haas could finish in the points every race, right, whether it's one point or realistically, let's say, you know, five points. Can you get five points? I can't remember the points. But <laughs> anywhere between one and ten really is is good. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that'd be a realistic success. I think they finished eighth in 2022. I think they're going to finish maybe ninth this season. Um, so if they if they could get up, Let's say improve on that. Let's get up to uh, sixth place. I think that would be true success. But will we get there? I don't know. That's that's me dreaming, hoping. Okay. For my team to win. Okay, panel. Okay, panel. Is he is he damning Haas with faint praise? Would sixth represent success? Who who can I hear in the background? It's, it's, that's Mike. not a true fan. Here you I go. mean, Hold on. let me do university challenge style. Yeah. Uh, Mike defending um, Alpha Romeo. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean. If you're going to support a team, you've got to support them. I mean, I truly believe Alfa Romeo will win the championship next year. I mean, all the evidence is there. And, um, you know, Rolando's great guy, but saying, you know, Has might get sixth or something. That's a bit feeble. Alfa Romeo, they're going to win. I mean, there, there is facts to prove this. Um, Japanese Grand Prix, they scored zero points, Alfa Romeo. Uh, Qatar Grand Prix, they scored six points. That is an infinity percent increase. All right. And if that trend continues, then by the end of 2024, they will have scored at least infinity points. See, actually, uh, as, that points. will, uh, in, in the end, count towards Audi's toll of, of 
points in in the long run. So yeah, Mike, yeah, you're I, on, you're on with Brown there. I, I don't accept Aldi. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought Aldi had given up, like Andretti. Oh, they there. might have done. No hopeless. It's not going to happen. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Julie, you think that um, that Rolando is in a, a happy dream? Yeah, I don't really want to wake him from that. It sounds like blissful. It sounds like one of those things that will never ever happen, like you winning millions of pounds or finding a rainbow and a pot of gold. Um, he's very much kind of representing that. I think mm. we should all be quite quiet. Think of the ca- think of the teams that they'll have to dream. build. So sixth, you've got to beat three teams. So you, you can beat Williams. You can be uh, Sauber, which it'll be next season. And, and what's the other team that you're going to beat then to to get up there to sixth uh, place? Alpha Tauri. Uh, but Alpha Tauri are going to be ripping off Red Bull's parts next season as well. So actually, I think sixth is, yeah, it's ambitious. Hey, I, I mean, I know that, that it's, it's a common thing to make fun of us Americans, but we have the American dream. And the American dream is to always stay hopeful, but realistic, right? So it's easy for me to say, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go win number one like Alfa Romeo, but uh, you know, I mean, unless Andretti comes in and gives them some money, which he might, you mm-hmm. never know. Um, you know, maybe he'll lend us some drivers. We are just pursuing that same sort of indie style. You just never know what we're gonna do, right? We we like to keep it in the show. Yeah, uh, we might win, we might not. I like that American attitude. There's the whole, you know, there's a bit of a, a cliche. The you know, if there's a a, a road cleaner, a street sweeper in in america and they see a guy pull up in a flashy mercedes and he gets out and he's in a suit and he's got gold and watches and he's got drip i think the kids call it now you know they go right in in five years time that's going to be me but in britain if there's you know that that same guy and he sees the guy pull out of the mercedes the brit will look at him and go turnip idiot hate him (laughs) Uh, but i love it i love i do i love the american dream although that particular american dream is one that you probably won't won't realise. Uh, Stuart, you wanted to to come in and yell at Mike for his uh, Alfa Romeo delusions. Well, I think, it, yeah, it, it, Alfa Romeo can't even work out how to open the carton of the milk jug of the um, Ralsing brothers. So, you know, they, how, how, how are they expected to win the world championship? You know, they've been taken for, was it five million for just to stick their logo on someone else's car, which is funded by a, a milk, mar- milk, milk marketing man. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, not really an expectation of winning a world championship. <laughs> so what, you're now supporting um, Red Bull and Pete? Oh, no. <laughs> you've broken. You've broken the illusion, Mike. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Right, off you go. He can't right. even take his way out of a plastic paper bag. <laughs> so let's, um, let's, let's move on in this sham to, right, Ferrari, who have, sorry, Taro, let Ferrari threatened us with a good time last season, briefly, before Ferrariing very, very hard. And they seem to have completely given up on this season. Be realistic. What constitutes success for Ferrari next season? Exactly because they seem to have given up for this season. They're focusing on the next one. So You th- believe this? Nothing, nothing short of challenging for the, at least the, 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 um, not the drivers, but the constructors' championship. That, that uh, no, nothing less than that will, will count as as success for Ferrari. Uh, Sixth but place, at, maybe. At this point, place. Uh, the 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 um, it, it, it's really like uh, Ferrari. That, that that's a team who really can play the jazz of F1. So the 
uh, you have to know the rules inside out. Just like a jazz musician, you have to know the rules inside out so that you can subtly break and bend the rules to make your performance the best. That That's what they are uh, shown to be capable jazz, of. Jazz. Allegedly. Oh my God. Jazz. So. This, this is up there with Matt's uh, pub analogy from the race Matt review around but he's not no so he's you are you guys all collectively matt i've replaced matt with all of you guys Stuart, look at this you've got taro here trying to say that they will actually challenge for a world championship just yes. when, whenever they get close it always something fizzles out i think they've had a car to win more world championships than they have Stuart. so taro you you you're, you're talking about ferrari knowing all the rules and being so good at understanding the game how do you explain their strategy if they know all the roles and they know how it works there is no excuse for the recent strategy calls they've got no hope absolutely no i'm 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 talking about the game of engineering no it's a whole package it's a whole package if they can't if they can't work out the simple bits about doing a race how can they work out the small widget bits (laughs) Oh no! Don't, so, don't you remember what what Enzo himself said that it, it's it's the the arrow is the for the people who can't build engines. So, so, so Taro, I agree with your analogy of Ferrari being like jazz because they jazz <laughs> is big on improvis- improvisation and they do improvise their strategies on the fly. They're and inventing. They're always inventing unless there's some serious organizational uh, changes made. Supportive, uh, yeah. I'm not uh, sure I'll that was supportive. All. Was that supportive? Yes, I take it as a support. Yes. No, no, he's and, definitely and, shaking and his head. More. No, no, it's, it's better to have your strategies planned out ahead of time. It's not a good uh, thing to improvise. And we've got Pete. Here's some <laughs> semi-support for Ferrari because I like I like Ferrari. I was I, I like Mick uh, or uh, his father Michael, and uh, and you know I but I don't think that Ferrari is going to really challenge until they get an understanding of tires it just seems that they they never understand what their tires are doing and 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 i really hope that they figure it out because i would like to see ferrari fighting red bull again that was that was the best part of of last year and um and it's going to be really boring if if red bull is is doing another another a repeat of this year um and and also signs is the most handsome man on the grid so, oh, the, oh, I mean this. Yeah. Uh... Absolutely. So, and and with with a rallying heritage. <laughs> do, do you know so... what? when something like that comes up, and like my instant thing was like, no, I've got a counter to that. I was like, no, Spanner, stop! No, don't, don't come in with a counter. You can agree or disagree, but don't nominate someone else. Uh, that can be a whole. That can be a whole different show. But, poor... but as yeah. as a thing, uh, you have to root for Ferrari to be up there at least by twenty twenty. Seven ish when when Ferrari Junior Tuca Taponen is is going to be challenging Leclerc, and by that time science is all gonna be on on another team already. So oh, hang on a minute, Rolando's coming in with uh, you are gonna nominate the uh, handsome driver or best looking driver. You're on mute though. There we go. Wouldn't go. Yeah, of course. I mean, what's F1 with a, without a little drama, right? So F1 is basically a big soap opera. And when you turn on that channel, you see the most beautiful people acting out your favorite dramas. And Ferrari, for me, of course, is what got me into the drama. But uh, I had to agree with my girlfriend, uh, who loves K-Mag as the most handsome driver. So I would say category blonde handsome men 
Uh, it's between Hulk and K-Mac. You know, I'll nominate them for for co-best looking drivers on the grid. Hulkenberg is like a Disney prince. He's a, he's annoying. He is. He could be. Yeah. But he's so nice. You know, <laughs> like you, you can't. You, you want to hate him, but but you can't. And and that that you know will help win races whenever looks count for your aerodynamics. Julie reminding me there in the in the chat of. Oh, why did K-Mag go off on one piastri- on Piastri? It's so clear that everyone's got an opinion on on who the best looking F1 driver is. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure when that sneaked in to general F1 discussion. All right, okay then. Right, so we're talking about what constitutes success for your driver for your team. And Mike Tero is saying that a championship constitutes success. And in a way, he is right that that is the lowest. That's the lowest thing that would count as a good season. Well, that's true. I mean, Ferrari have probably got the fastest car um, in some ways, but that just means that Leclerc gets to uh, crash sooner. Um, so uh, I'm not sure that that's such a gr- such a great thing. I mean, what we all know. Look at the constructors, um, constructors, the championship standings at the moment. I mean, some people would say Red Bull are at the top, um, but if you sort it alphabetically, Alfa Romeo are at the top. And um, and I think that shouldn't be discounted. In fact, um, there are so many teams um, at the moment that begin with A, um, Alpine, Aston Martin. It's the toughest. Yeah, alphabetically. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Audi and Andretti, that's, they only want to come in because they'll, they begin with A as well. You know, that's why William's got no chance. Um, and I've, I heard that actually that Mercedes are planning to rebrand as Aardvark F1 because that 2A at the beginning will obviously put them right at the front. Um, although Haas obviously, Haas obviously tried that strategy with the double A, but they stupidly put it in the middle rather than at the beginning. So, um, okay. so that, that didn't I, work. I, Alfa Romeo, I mean, they, they, they're such a great team. I mean, no one, the thing is, they're never yeah. shown on the TV coverage because they're sort of in the middle or at the back. Yeah. But that means that no one hates them. They're the least hated team. I mean, everyone hates Red Bull. Everyone hates Mercedes. Oh, Red Bull. Ferrari. Red Bull getting on that. Red, getting in that Red Bull. Like, but well, no one hates Alfa Romeo. No Mike, one hates them. They're lovely. You're almost onto something here, and and I think that um I think that grid order, like starting order, quality should be done by naming. So it has to be a re- you have to name your team with a real name, but you're you start the race alphabetically. That's why they can't be Sauber. That's why they cannot be Sauber. They've got yeah, to be exactly, Alfa Romeo. Exactly, Sauber will be a disaster. Exactly. Okay, so from yeah. my very low expectations of how this would go, <laughs> it is going fine, apart from Mike, who I've spoken to many times. So Mike is my fault, because with the others, I didn't know what to expect, but I have no excuse for, for Mike. So I can only apologise and or take credit. I think we'll Great. do that. Okay, the question is, what constitutes success for your driver? Uh, let's go to McLaren. So, Julie. What represents success? As a McLaren fan, what makes you go, okay, this this was a great season? Uh, so that would have to be coming second in the championship. Basically, trouncing Mercedes and trouncing Ferrari. Oh, is it? Trouncing, <laughs> yeah. is it? Okay. Trouncing. Definitely. Just by their consistency. So constantly podi- like hitting the podium. Ideally, getting mm. a win at some point would be lovely. Uh, but they got a win at the weekend. Actually, kind of racking up those points like by stealth. Are you not counting Piastri's win? Uh, his, uh... It's a sprint. Yeah. Are we counting sprint wins? Well, I don't know. Um, if it suits I me, know. I would count the sprint. Okay. So because I I like Piastri, I'm counting it. I think had who don't I like? I, I like everyone. But okay, 
If we, actually, if Norris had won, I'd have gone, nah, it's only a sprint. But it's Piastri, and the Australians have not had anything to celebrate for a while as well. Okay, so you're saying second. Who's going to come on in, in on that? Uh, Pete? Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the disaster, the PR disaster that's going to happen when um, Lando goes to Red Bull and Piastri wins a race before him. Oh, right. And I think that Lando's head is going to explode because I don't think Lando can beat Max. I just think Max is a better driver than a better meat servo than than Lando is. And but I think that Piastri is a I think Piastri is very, very good. And I think that if McLaren he, he Piastri is a world championship caliber driver, whether or not he will ever win a world championship, who knows? Mm. But he's I think he certainly could if given the right car. OK, there's, there's there's the elephant in the room, Julie, which is is McLaren ultimately good enough to hang on to a future superstar? You know, if, if that if that phenomenon comes in, the next Max, the next Hamilton comes in, can McLaren actually hold on to someone of that level and give them enough to stay? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you think if you judge from where they were at the beginning of the season to where they are now in terms of developments in such a short space of time, I think that they've got some really good kind of like forward projected mm. um, kind of podiums amongst them and i certainly don't agree with the red bull move i refuse I to don't. believe it's going to be true i, I actually don't either i kind of had norris lined up for audi in 25 oh so you think he's got to leave Onwards. mclaren though I, that's a well, step down surely no 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 <laughs> no no but if he was going to go anywhere i would choose him to go to andreas seidel and follow that route i see not to go to the death star of red bull <laughs> okay so let, let's put this to our to our red bull to our red bull guy because pete honestly i would say no driver should go to red bull like no no driver should go to red bull if you want to take oh, on verstappen somewhere else fine but do not take that second red bull seat uh, so, so i i do want to ask julie one one thing first julie do you think that like running glory laps in p1 is impressive because i think that's essentially what mclaren is doing right now yes they're out of sync they are out of sync <laughs> i said that yeah yeah uh we, no spanners you're right like almost you're right like 98 percent of the time it's just when you talk about sebastian vettel that you're wrong um a normal person should be able to accept 98 percent, but i'm not having it i am <laughs> insulted and, and hurt <laughs> but um no no they absolutely no driver should go to to red bull while max is there because they will be the second driver but that doesn't mean that they won't because they have the best car and drivers are not rational people they want the best machine and they and and they all if you are in formula one you think that you're the greatest thing that's ever happened mm. and so lando is wrong about being able to beat Max, but he thinks that he could beat Max and become the number one. So whether he's he's right or not, he isn't. Um, but so yes, I think that if he got the opportunity to go to Red, go to Red Bull, he would because. Uh, am yeah. I saying that Max is the only? <laughs> no, no. So Rolando, you've got us tight. Say what you just typed in the chat. <laughs> Based on what uh, what Pete said, is that Max is only champion because of the he has the best machine. And because of cheating, uh, I think that there would be probably—I uh, don't know—I'd have to think about this. But there would be a couple of drivers who would who would 
be champions this year if they were in that car. Um, Max, I, mean, is, is I think Max yeah. is, a, is a world quality. I don't think that's a crazy statement. I think no, Max no, is no, a, no, no. a world-class driver. Um, I, I think that he is going to go down with um, Hamilton and um, and Schumacher and Vettel. Uh, and uh, I was trying to fade you down because I knew you were going to say Vettel, and I was trying to jump. <laughs> I was trying to pull the fader down. I couldn't uh, do it. Um, but uh, but so so I think that I think that you know he's he's gonna he's a great driver. But but yes, I mean Formula One is is about the team. It's about the car. Um, it's it's not. If you want a drivers' championship, we should be watching IndyCar. You know, but but we want we want the car. We want the drama. You know. Mm. Not not to say that IndyCar drivers are better than Formula One drivers. They're obviously not. They Formula One drivers are the best drivers, but the 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 I don't know. I, I hope that makes sense. No, I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that is a very very good point and a good place for us to launch off um, our elimination our our deadly elimination quiz. I have to say, guys, you've all been absolutely brilliant. And uh, one thing that I I love to do with the panel is make them feel infinitely replaceable you know I, I i call them my light bulbs because you can just you know take one out and put another one in and it's just proved that basically anyone can do it none of you have hit your microphones none of you have made a weird pub analogy and none of you have made inappropriate jokes about fernando alonso so you're beating last week's panel already let's move on to our elimination quiz Okay, I'm going to give each one of these heroes a question. If you get it right, you move on to the final closest to round. If you get it wrong, you are out and you have poured shame on your entire fan base. Let's start with Okay, let's start with let's start with McLaren. So, Julie, this is for you. Are you ready? Are you pumped? Yep. Okay, I'm here ready. we go. Here we go. Okay. So, who has won the most races for McLaren? Hamilton? Do you know what? That is an absolutely fair shout because Lewis Hamilton has had 21 victories. But the clear winner is Ettenson with 35. So you are eliminated and McLaren are officially rubbish because of you. You did this. Unlucky, Julie. Uh, Okay, so we have got Pete. Oh, no, not Pete. Next, sorry. Aston Martin. That is Scott. Hey, Scott. Hello. Okay, here we go. Aston Martin was Racing Point. And before that, it was Force India. Name one of the other three names that team has raced under. Jordan, Spiker, <laughs> Midland. Was that the other one? I only wanted one, but yeah, you okay. absolutely nailed all three. So you are, you're through. And actually, I just realized I need a bit of paper to mark down who made it. Scott made it. So Aston Martin are still broadly fine because of you, Scott. Okay, Haas. And so in general. Got and we've got you've made the case to be fair you've made a good case Rolando here we go Haas who drove for Haas in their first season in F1 oh um, Esteban Gutierrez for nice. sure I thought yes of course you're going to get that one it was, Gro- Gro- was Grosjean the other driver it was Roman Grosjean you are you're through you're through to Ooh. the next round okay Ferrari here we go this is actually quite technically difficult to do by the way guys there's so many buttons to press and I have to write things Ferrari um, oh damn this is this is easy, Tero. I think for you, I think that for a man of your caliber, name three Ferrari team principles. Mattia Binotto, Jean mm. Tot. Mm. Oh, you went old school. Uh, 
Fred Butter. Fred Butter, come on. I should have said past one, shouldn't I, to make it a bit harder. I'm, I'm surprised yeah, you didn't go I, for I, I, Franco Lini. rules here. So. <laughs> surprised you didn't go for uh, Sandro Colombo. I might have a list of F1 team principles. In the end, that was too easy, and I've, I've gauged that wrong. But, Tara, you are through to, uh, to closest two. Who Thank have we got you up for next? an easy one. Yeah, you, like, you got lucky in the draw there. Okay, Stuart, well, Williams, Williams fan, Stuart. Okay, yep. as you mentioned earlier, Maldonado nicked a win in 2012. Who was the last driver before that to win a race for Williams? Oh, gosh, that would probably be um, Villeneuve. <gasps> you are eliminated, King oh, of God. Ships. It was uh, one Pablo Montoya, 2004. Oh, God, and the thing is, I can forgive you because it wasn't, a great season, but they sort of they like no, nick, they nick, got one, they nick got to one win at the win. end. Yeah, that, that was Sorry. when that was when Brazil Interlagos yeah. was the final, correctly the final race of the season by one second, that. and I missed that. Yeah. Okay, came close. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because 2014, isn't it? They had they just had that rocket ship that was uh, yes, the the rocket launches around the track. Yes, yeah, it was like yeah. 14 or 15. Massa too in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, Massa was going to win in Montreal and crashed right in front of me. It was so frustrating. <laughs> of course, because you because you live on a ship, you can just go to any Grand Prix. You just sail to wherever the it, the next one is. Near a river. All yeah. right. So I tried to give an easy one to Williams because I I like Williams. Um, and I thought. I failed you failed just... miserably. Red Bull aren't going to get the same treatment, obviously. Okay, um, the Red Bull logo is uh, two Red Bulls charging at each other. Which mythical creature is that design inspired by? That's not the real question, um, don't worry. That would be a horrible question. It was, uh, no, it's... It's, it's, a, it's a tie. <gasps> I, it's, I, Do you um... know it? If you know it, you get through twice. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, so <laughs> it started off as a Thai syrup, energy drink syrup yeah. for for Thai truck drivers, and I've had the original recipe, oh. and it is terrifying. <laughs> I could feel my heart trying to claw its yeah. way out of my chest, and um, it, it's it is it's I, I think that it's um something in the in the in the uh kind of Thai Buddhist pantheon, um, but I, I, I no no more than that. Um, so actually, it is the mythical creature, the uh, Krathong which is believed to bring good fortune and protection. But I, I was never... That was not going to be the question, of course. Okay, so the real question is, and I'm going to see if I can trip you up, uh, how many World Constructors Championships have Red Bull won? Ah, it's... Is it... Okay. Okay, are you counting... Um, are you counting the Abu Dhabi uh, one? Sir, the question is, how many <laughs> World Cham- Constructors Championships <laughs> have Red Bull won? Uh, constructors would be six drivers would be seven Ooh, I wondered if I could catch you out by, by 2021 but you're safely through there so uh, that is Pete through um, okay yes of course they won uh, every constructors championship from 2020 to 2013 and 2022 and 2023 thought you might get thrown maybe by they didn't win it in 2021 or the fact they've never had a, a 1-2 in the in the driver standings as well okay so then who who have we who have we got left here that are... Ah, Mike. Mike, are you ready? Are I'm you ready. Set? Okay. Since rejoining F1, what is Alfa Romeo's highest championship position? Fangio uh, um, drove for Alfa Romeo um, um, <laughs> since... Sixth. No, eighth. Which, eighth. Well, which one is it? You've just yelled two numbers at me. Are you Googling? You can't... I, I... <laughs> I'm not Googling. My hands are here. He's too um, old. He doesn't know how to Google. 
Okay, uh, I'll go in the middle. Seventh. Unlucky. It was sixth, and it was last... Oh, that's was, what I said first! And it was last season as well. That I, was my I, first answer. I assumed so you'd know that it was sixth in 2022, but I thought I'd catch you out by saying, by thinking like that, it, you know, you could include previous incarnations, but actually, sixth is the highest they've ever finished. Oh. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, I'm out. So you're out. So in the next round, um, I've forgotten Rolando's question. Did he get it right? You did. Okay, so Rolando's in. You are only going to have 10 seconds to answer this question. I want you to put it in the live chat and then we'll talk about what you put in there. Does everybody understand the assignment? Everybody who's still in, uh, nod at me that you understood the assignment. Okay, so you're going to type a number into the chat and the closest to it is going to is going to win. So you're not going to have enough time to Google this, hopefully. Okay, so we is it like The Chaser? I've never watched a full episode of The Chaser, so I don't know. Um, but Mike's been on the chaser, so that was fun. So we all know that despite the con- controversy in Abu Dhabi 2021, Max Verstappen deserved to win the championship anyway because he led the most laps. How many laps did Max Verstappen lead in 2021? Go, I want it in the chat. I want your eyes on the screen. I'm going to be checking for any kind of googling sounds or tapping we've got some guesses coming in i'm only going to give you five more seconds if you if you haven't put a guess in in five more seconds i think mike might be a little bit out with uh, 99 million nine hundred thousand and nine that that is that's too many and that's your time gentlemen the answer let's see what what people said rolando said 45 laps were led by max verstappen that's only like two races worth what are you doing <laughs> That's a, that was a crazy guess. Uh, Mike, than the other ones. Yeah, Mike, you've put an answer in that is close to 10 billion. So that's, that isn't right. You didn't, you didn't win on this occasion. I'm sorry. You're out or whatever they say on the chaser. So we're left with Tero for Ferrari, Pete for Red Bull. Oh man, I hope Red Bull don't win. And Scott for Aston Martin. So uh, Pete has gone in with 1,201. Scott has gone in with 1,200. And Taro has gone in with 547. The correct answer is that Max Verstappen deserved to win the 2021 World Championship anyway because he led 652 laps of the 2021 season, which makes Taro our grand champion for the first ever listener forum. Well done, Taro. And we all applaud. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Much appreciated. <laughs> you have well done, won. Taro. You have won the, the only Ferrari victory of the season. Oh, no. You had Singapore. <laughs> you had Singapore. Wasn't, wasn't that forgetting. fun? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was inventing there for a second, wasn't I? Sorry, who was that? If, who? Pete, if Pete beat me by going 1201, that'd be very Red Bull of him. Yeah, that's what I was hoping I for. saw I what he really did. You went 1200 and Pete went straight in with 1201. And that's the first thing I thought. Classic Red Bull. Um, so what <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do, though, Pete, is I understand that, you know, you found a little loophole there. But what I will say is that in future patron panels listener panels that will no longer be allowed or tolerated <laughs> fair enough that, that's also so red bull you do something which that was the... immediately gets countered by a rule so. okay so that was definitely the, the joke i was i was making so that's 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 what i did there I was, it was very clever uh thank you very much to julie at mclaren our mclaren expert uh thank you very much to 
Pete, our Red Bull connoisseur, Stuart defending Williams, Rolando trying his best to defend Haas, Scott playing devil's advocate at Aston Martin, Tero, our champion uh, at Ferrari, and also, who did I miss out in all of that? Uh, Mike Stoner, gamefully employed to defend Alfa Romeo. That was actually pretty successful, and I hope that you'll give us some lovely feedback and we'll do that kind of thing again, because it was fun. Who needs Matt anyway? No, no, Matt will be back on Sunday. We're going to do a news show, but wherever we see you next, work hard, be kind, and have fun. This was Missed Apex Podcast. What we're going to do now is we're going to get people to to vote for who was the best and worst on the panel. No, we couldn't do that at all. Say goodbye, everyone. Say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 You can bye. 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.